So we're on to generosity. We're part of our series on church attitudes. Um, it connects really nicely to what uh, Tom shared last week as well around temptations as well. So hopefully it connects uh, well. Um, what a privilege to talk on generosity to a church that's so generous. I started off just starting to list some examples of generosity that is uh, within our wonderful church. Um, it's already part of our culture. So whether it's the hospitality and the cakes, and I caught Alison uh, putting out the cakes one week and said, you're going to have to watch the kids as they, you know, descend on this in a moment. She says, I used to do that, but now I just want to bless them, she said. And I said uh, I was going to quote that one. Uh, so parents, do watch out. <laughs> but what, what a wonderful example of uh, just some of the, the generosity. Or, you know, if you want to see uh, the smile that, that comes from being generous, talk to anyone that works with the, the storehouse as well. Always got a story coming back from Sarah, uh, someone coming back and, uh, uh, you know, needing some uh, specific footwear. There wasn't anything in, in which they could choose. And then someone turns up, I think I should have got the story details a bit more from you, but uh, someone came with a, a bunch of footwares that someone could go and actually cho choose actually at that point in time um, and just seeing God providing in that way. Um, so a real blessing. Um, we've been blessed personally. Uh, I won't embarrass this particular family, but uh, we're uh, in the middle of a building project and we quite urgently needed to sift through some rubble uh, to reclaim bricks. Oh yes, we did. Uh, and this family came and uh, <laughs> they came and, uh, and spent their Saturday helping us sift through. You know, if you need a de definition of generosity, I felt most loved indeed. But maybe if I can pick one more example um, it's Oasis, the youth uh, week away in the summers that we have. So I've had the privilege of being a trustee up until this year. Um, so I uh, can tell you some of the inside track now. But I want to confess something. When we have these big events like the weekend away or whatever, I get excited as we've got a bit of a faith target in terms of uh, needing to ask for giving. And there's a kind of gulp, you know, are you going to do it again, God? Are you going to pay for it? Um, and Oasis, this is actually uh, last year, we kind of started setting our target of what we were uh, going to ask for uh, money from people that were going to attend, which is somewhere down there, and what we're going to ask for the church for. And, you know, it, as uh, Jody presented at the time, the giving matched the outgoing by about, you know, to within about £100. And it was just amazing to see. So again, another example of the generosity of the church. And I get a chance as a parent of teenagers just to let you know that we'll probably be eternally grateful for the giving towards Oasis. We're still benefiting for just the life that is sown into our young people through that as well. Um, so just a chance to be able to say thank you for that as well, which is great. So, why do we preach on generosity? I will start with uh, Philippians 4, 17. Not that I desire your gifts, but what I desire is that more be credited to your account. Or as the message would say, not that I'm looking for handouts today, but I do want you to experience the blessing that issues from generosity. Right, you're going to have to bear with me. We're going to go on a bit of a whirlwind tour. I started... Uh, preparing for this in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, uh, and we'll end there, kind of. But just as I kept digging and looking, 
it was just passage after passage after passage that I just wanted to share to express something of the heart of God just today. So if I'm honest, you're probably not going to be able to keep up turning uh, the pages of the Bible. Um, I've got a whole list of scriptures that I'll circulate through uh, life group leaders later on as well. Uh, But we will end up somewhere near 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 as well. Um, So so bear with me. I probably am more happy uh, kind of going through a single passage, but we'll see how it goes. You're up for that uh, journey anyway, aren't you? So, should we pray? Let's, uh, let's commit this all to God. Well, Lord, if you wanted a, a place to start talking about generosity, we would, we would want to have a wonderful time of worship and maybe just hear how you've called us to be your royal children and dressed in royal robes, and we've just had that. So what a privilege to be able to come into your presence. And Lord, open up your scriptures to us today as we kind of kind of dance over many, many different verses. I just pray you will just bring it all together. I pray for each one of us we'll be able to grab the thing that we need today. But more than anything, would we just grasp a little more of who you are, your heart, and then we would be able to grab hold of that through generosity as well. Amen. Cool. Right, so I've confessed one thing. The second is that when Rob asked me to preach on generosity, oh no, it's the money talk. I was really feel similar when you're doing that family night, JD. Um, and you know what? I started pondering why was, why was I nervous about doing the kind of money talk per se? And it started challenge me, like, what is my view? Do I need to kind of reevaluate some of the things I'm thinking about money at the moment as well? And I realize maybe I'm holding on to some of the world's perspective. And just remind us of John 10.10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief comes to steal in particular. And I'm just starting to think about the ways that he does that. And this whole idea of Now, the world's message, preaching, sermons, as it were, on money is you'll never have enough. If you want to, never enough. And I'm just thinking in different ways. How many sermons have you listened to on money this week? Like, seriously, think about how many times you are being given some worldview, some ideas, some training on what to do with your money. Anyone look at TV? Anyone go on social media? I saw an advert uh, the other day that says, you don't need to spend any more money. You can be completely content just as you are. No, I didn't. I've never seen an advert that says that. So a bit of confession. You go onto Facebook, you do the scroll of doom, and you obviously see the adverts. I wonder what's on your uh, feed. Lots of briquettes for log burners. The endless briquettes being advertised to me. I work in IT, so I've then got technical magazines, education on artificial intelligence, electric cars, those kind of things. But you just, it's just worth taking a moment to realize how many times you're being bombarded. So I, I'm quite well trained. I dutifully skip over the adverts. At least I thought I was until... So we moved house last year. Um, had to get the occasional power tool. Uh, quite excited. Suddenly, my Facebook feed filled with power tools. 
I'm sold. So if, if I had a, had a weakness, I, I think I might have found it. Uh, Parators are amazing. It's like, what's that one do? Oh, need that one. And so you realize you've, you've been hooked. So what sermon are they preaching? You'd never have enough. You'll never be happy until you have you know, fill in the gap for you. We are being transformed by the renewing of our mind. We are being trained to need the next thing. We hit December this week. Christmas is on the way, right? It's a, it's a challenge. So, I want to quote Jim Carrey, him of the mask fame. I hope everybody could get rich and famous and will have everything they ever dreamed of so that they will know it is not the answer. We know that, but it's just good to spend that time and just remember that today. So, greed. We've been sold on that one. Never enough. How about worry? Other sermons? Anyone go to the BBC website? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my life. But they've got a section on the cost of living crisis. You know, a designated section for this. You know, when should I turn heating on? I'm hoping we've got heating on now. It's cold. Uh, how much does inflation affect you? Um, you know, what debts? Like, oh, my word. And it kind of... I had a moment of clarity, another confession, that's my third one. Uh, I like Have I Got News For You. Uh, Jack D was hosting it one week, um, and I have to get the quote right. He said something along the lines, should we be worried about, and I forget the topic. And we said, sorry, sorry, I'm on the BBC. How worried should I? And, you know, <laughs> is, this, is that not really quite powerful when you realize the, the whole point? We should be in a state of worry. We should be in a state of fear. And that's really quite poignant when it comes to the finances. We're being told we need to worry that there isn't enough. The BBC has a cost of living correspondent. We need to pray for that poor person that's living in this world. So what sermon are they preaching? You know, there is never enough. Uh, your money is your own only security. And again, Tom preached on that last week. Jody shared a testimony. Uh, if you've not heard that, go and listen to that. And the third one may apply more to us as Christians. Is this one of guilt as well? I'm sure I'm not alone in getting emails and lots of posts that's just continually asking for money. And it's a real challenge for us as Christians, I think. You know, even if we were the most generous people in the world, we could not meet all needs. And that's hard. And in this context of encouraging generosity, we're not endlessly trying to uh, take from you. And I just think, but the devil really does want to come and steal. He wants to steal your joy as well. So if you have, you know, looked to the need, you have brought it before God, you have stepped out in faith and been generous, and then the devil still says you're not giving enough, tell him to go away. The thief comes to steal. So that is relevant as well. So these, all these messages coming at us saying we haven't got enough. Now, I'd love to spend more and more time on this, but I do want to do a little plug uh, for a certain book by Paul Plagerson, if you've not seen this. If God is so good, why do I always seem to be broke? And he's able to go into this in a lot more detail, has a lot more time than I do today. Um, I would lend you this, uh, but he's got some that you can go and buy. <laughs> so, but you are welcome to borrow this as well.
That's the world's perspective. Should we come on to God's perspective? If the devil, the thief comes to steal, Jesus obviously came to have life and have it in all its fullness. God's perspective is one of abundance. So this is the bit, like, bear with me. We've got quite a lot of scripture. I just kind of want to uh, see if we can rattle through lots of it so we get a bit of a, a big picture. And I want to start uh, with a psalm, um, that, just a perspective that everything belongs to God. So it's just useful to remember the basics. God says, I have no need of a bull from your stall or goats from your pens, for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and insects in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all that is in it. Um, if I may embarrass John Hill, I remember you praying this. And Jager House is just encouraging to know people are listening. And you prayed about this cattle on a thousand hills, and it stayed with me. Um, and obviously, that's a different time then. I wonder what it would be if uh, the psalmist was writing now, but you can picture them. Oh, I can see a, a cow over there. <laughs> I can see maybe about 10 hills, and but God's got all the cattle on a thousand hills, and he's just kind of spending a bit of time looking around the world, like, well, the education system, that's his. The financial system, or, or the chaos down at the shopping malls and the retail, everything is his. It's all under his control. That's a really good place to start. So thank you for playing that one. Do you think, do you think God kind of wakes up, like worried? How am I going to sort out this cost of living crisis? It just doesn't make sense, does it? Does he log on to his online banking? Have we got enough in there? How, how is inflation going to impact? It just doesn't make sense when it's all his. And the thing is, he wants to share that. So let's look at the character of God that pours out from the pages of Scripture. We've got many verses. Um, starting in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 28. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, the crops of your ground, in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the works of your hands. Wanted to sneak Jeremiah 29 in again. I preached on that last time. I thought it'd be cool to have it in two sermons in a row. Then I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Into the New Testament. I had this on Wednesday night, Philippians 4:19. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 9. Eight, where we're heading as well. God is able to bless you abundantly. State those words, those adjectives. There's nothing in there that is just enough. Oh, God, just kind of, there's no lack. There's no limitation. Where God is not a frugal God. We've got abundance. We've got a storehouse of his bounty. The riches of his glory abundantly. We're going to come on to more of those in a moment as well. So 
holidays, and Cedric came to that. So when I was a kid, my mum used to say, and it's always good to pass on your parents' wisdom, let's see what little extras God will provide. So we go on our holiday, and you know, for one year we needed a hire car, and you know, go, go for the budget model, they'd run out. We got upgraded to a convertible, yay. So <laughs> obviously that means a lot to me and dad. Um, but it was one of those things, and my mum would cry, that's the blessing of God, that's the kind of thing he does. Let's keep our eyes open for that. My dad does seem to have a knack for upgrades. He used to do his, you know, quite a lot of flying. He seemed to somehow get um, a lot of upgrades into business class, which is definitely a treat. So I, I was in America uh, last week, um, saying, okay, I do, I do do this. Oh, can you arrange for me to have an upgrade? No, I've, I've not got there yet. <laughs> so I'm still pressing into that bit of abundance. My dad definitely has the, the trick there. But yeah, so we, we gave this a go. We did have a road trip uh, last year. We were in an RV and one particular night and we were staying in a hotel car park. Yes, we, we, we now had to live the dream in a, a car park. Um, we were looking forward to getting there because there was a pool and it was very hot. So we were looking forward to getting there and we got there and it was a grotty little thing. And even worse, it was closed. Um, but they gave us a pass to uh, the hotel pool, which had slides on it and, and whatever else. And uh, sorry to embarrass you, Naomi, but she comes up to me, is this one of these little extras that Grandma talks about? So I well, yes, it is. Silly examples, right? They're really silly examples. But for me, the whole point of this is to take, a, take away a little bit of what God's character is. He is one of wanting to bless, one of abundance. So do you, like me, need to change the sermon that is on repeat in your head? The never enough, the one we're bombarded with, or take something out of this today? Uh, do you have maybe declarations that you can say on a regular basis? You know, I know the father of all provision. I'm going to live in and step into his abundance today. How about forming one of those uh, declarations and live by that? I had quite a challenging question. It was actually, do you want to live in God's abundant provision? We're funny as Christians with money, aren't we? Sometimes money's evil. Um, you know, that would be another sermon. We could do that another day. But actually, do we want to live in God's abundance? I was challenged with that. So, you know what? I'm going to live in God's abundance financially as well as spiritually, emotionally. And I want us as a church, I could say it maybe more as a collective, I want us as a church to be in a church of abundance. There's a big mission out there. And I want to live in God's abundance as a church as well. I want to see overflow for that. And I do, I, I do feel the need to kind of caveat some of this. I want to, us to take away this abundance of God thing. But you're aware that there are many other passages about not being content with little. You're aware about the classic, you know, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. You're aware of all of those other passages. I'll let someone else do that another day. Today, we're looking at a big God and a God that wants to bless and pour out his abundance on us. Is that okay? We're going to take hold of that. So how do we do that? And we're finally getting there towards this, what I'm calling the grace of generosity. The grace of generosity is because it is a gift to us to step away from the not enough. And it's a grace to step into God's abundance 
It frees us from the world's perspective, from the devil's attempts to steal. And generosity is the faith step to step into God's overflow and his abundance as well. So um, I, I like that, right? So I don't know, this is, this is just one of John's things, but faith sometimes can feel quite theoretical. I believe this and this and this, and it, it's in there. Generosity is an outwork, and it's a very, very practical way to step into faith. God loves faith. He gets excited as we step out in this area as well. He wants to pour out more on us. So look at this. We've got, um, yes, there's more verses. This time is connecting this, these steps of faith that we can take with the abundance of God. These descriptions are even more dramatic. So again, bear with me as I read out many more verses. Again, starting in the Old Testament, Proverbs 3, uh, 9 to 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. It's like your best, give him your best. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. That's pretty good. Malachi 3, verse 10, well known. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Tom said about not testing God last week, which which was quite interesting, uh, because in that context, it was about us wanting to do our will. In this, he says, test me in this. This is his will to test him in this. Let's do this and see if he will not throw open. Just think about a floodgate for a moment. What does, what's a floodgate for, right? They are thrown open when we need to release a pent-up demand of water. And so we come to this just quite phenomenal picture of like a pent-up demand of blessing that God wants to pour out on us if we just step out, in this case, using the term a tithe. So that's the Old Testament, and it, it just carries on, doesn't it? And it will carry on and on. I uh, can't do justice to all of it. But 2 Corinthians 9, who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and who sows generously will reap generously. There's like a picture there of, of an open-handedness. Our open-handedness releases God's open-handedness. Uh, and again, very well known from Luke 6, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure. Press down, shaken together. It's running over. will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I, th- I think those are amazing. So uh, I hope that kind of works for you. As a, as a picture for me, this is like the step away from the never enough. This whole area of generosity... <laughs> is an expression of the belief in an abundant God. And it connects us to be part of his abundance. I want to be part of that. That's exciting. Um, That is the joy of generosity. Cool. So as we bring this towards a close, there are very, very practical um, uh, passages for us. And this is where um, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, there's two whole chapters where Paul gives us quite a lot of, on this. I'll leave that for you to go and have a look. But very simply, there's a need. 
Right? He starts off with that. Uh, he commends them for their generosity previously. He's not obligating them to give, but he does aspire that they would excel, and he uses this term, excel in this grace of giving. As an aside, he talks about handling money with people of um, reputation. They want to be transparent about the way they're handling their money, which is cool as well. And then he does what I hope I've uh, done a little of today, reminds them of the goodness of God, that as they sow generously, they uh, will receive as well. And the practical bits, he talks about giving according to their means, and he talks about um, being able to get their giving sorted, get it ready in advance. I'm reading between the lines here, but it, it sounds to me like they're quite keen to give, but they just haven't got their kind of administration sorted. They have the kind of bookkeeping is just a, a little bit out of whack. It's like they're trying to, he's trying to just kind of get them to, no, pull your finger out, Let, let's get this done. Um, so that's what it reads like a little bit to me. So just to pick up on uh, a couple of those practical points as we close, um, the first one is from 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Um, it's about, well, so pick up on the two things, giving according to your means and giving uh, what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly, uh, for God loves a cheerful giver. So I don't know how you organize yourself. For me, it's nearly budget time. I do it at the beginning of the year. Um, those that know me won't be surprised. I've got a spreadsheet. So we kind of plan this kind of thing out. At the top of my spreadsheet is one of those verses we've read out from Proverbs 3 about giving God the first fruits and the best. So I write that out on my, my budget. Uh, Honor the Lord with your wealth. Um, and then I write, you know, plan in your tithing and your giving first and the rest will sort itself out. That's how I organize myself with a, wait for it, a standing order. You know, if you want anything to inspire people in a sermon, that's when you bring the topic of the standing order out. But for me, it brings these two principles together. It is giving according to your means. It is proportional. It is considered. It's like, I've got this. This is God's, um, because this is the first fruit. So I'm going to give that to him first. And it brings the other principle. It's giving proactively. It's done first. It's done um, it's not done reluctantly. It's one of the reasons we don't pass a, a plate around here as well. We want something to be considered before God. So it's budget time. I don't know if that's the same for you. It'll be a time where I'll look, I'll review. Um, and I'm aware that I've used this word tithe as well. Hear the question, John, isn't, isn't the tithe an Old Testament uh, principle? You know, do we have to tithe today? Um, no, we don't have to tithe at all. It's an Old Testament principle. It's kind of, uh, could be considered a tax from the Old Testament. Uh, Paul's really good on, on this particular point. Um, go and have a look at that. But, in my opinion, you know, the tithe is really helpful. If we are to give according to our means, what is generous? What does it look like? Help me know how much I should give. And the tithe for me has been some sort of a benchmark. It allows me to track. It's like, oh, okay, I've actually, I'm not giving as much as I used to. Or, you know, actually, I want to go beyond that. I want to step beyond. But it gives me an order of magnitude to work to. Um, Christians will have different views on this. I'm not going to argue with that one. But it's just been something that's really, really helpful for me. Um, if you've never done it before, I think, have a go. Maybe, you know, if you're starting from zero, 10% is quite a big step. 
but what's your step of faith? What does God want you to do? Um, and I've got just many, many stories of people um, telling me, I'm going to try and start tithing, admitting their nervousness about this, and then coming back to, it doesn't add up. <laughs> it doesn't add up. God somehow has made this work because I've given, it still seems to add up. Um, yes, and family members, friends, uh, many that, that were said on that. So just a perspective on, on tithing uh, for you. Right, so I definitely need to close. And if anyone was bored by the standing order conversation, um, or you don't think that quite doesn't quite capture the excitement and the abundance that you were talking about before, uh, let me just close by this story from 2 Corinthians 8. So this is actually how Paul inspires that church first to give. So listen to this. Brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. I testify they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. I love this because it connects things that are important to me. Joy, generosity, even beyond their ability. And that's the challenge for us as well, right? That church clearly got an understanding of the bigness of God, his ability, and his desire to bless. And they just press right into that. And we know that Jesus loved it when the, you know, the, the widow put the two pennies in. It doesn't matter about the amount, but it kind of is something wonderful about stepping out and being generous. Heavenly Father loves it. So that kind of brings us to the conclusion. I am very aware I've presented a certain perspective on God and finances. There are many other sermons that could be done on the topic of money. I am equally aware these are tricky times. Let's be honest about that as well. Uh, some people are you know, having to go without certain things. So you know, John, is that insensitive? You know, maybe, maybe you are going for a tough time. Maybe it's not your time to contribute significantly in a financial manner. But it doesn't deny anything that I've put up there. Our God is still the God of abundance regardless. I can encourage you from the bottom of my heart, trust in him. Maybe your generosity at this time, maybe it's not financial, maybe it's time, maybe it's serving. We've been blessed through that many a time. And of course, Paul said he learned the secret of being able to live in content in any and every situation. He said, whether fed or hungry, living in plenty or want. That's where we get the verse, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I really pray we'd be free of these financial pressures as we come up to Christmas as well. That's the world's expression of Christmas. We've got something so much more. Um, but I do... I started off with, I don't desire your gifts. This is Paul's statement. I don't desire your gifts, but what I desire is that more be credited to your account. And we can say together with confidence, do you want to grow in faith? Give generously. Do you want to be free from the excesses and the worries of money? Give generously. Do you want to live in his abundance? Give generously. 
going to experience greater joy in God. Give generously. Thank you, Jesus. The prayer is simple, Lord. I want to see us in, just encounter the joy of what it is to, to know you through this, this grace of giving. Lord, as we excel in many areas, as Paul says, we would excel in this grace of giving. Would you, would you give us testimony after testimony of people that have just been just surprised somehow just seeing you provide in ways that just blow our minds? Um, I pray for um, yeah, just a, a real release of joy and abundance in us as individuals and as a church. That picture of the, the floodgates, that kind of pent-up demand of blessing that you want to pour out on us. I pray that we press into that. I pray for courageous steps of faith um, as, we, yeah, as, we, as we hear uh, what you want us to do in this area. I just, I want to see see the big smile on everyone's face as they realise you, you just keep keep surprising us. You keep going beyond what we can imagine in this regard. And for those that are struggling or, or whatever at this time, we just pray for your provision. We, um, again, would we just see you surprising in different ways at this time? Thank you so much. But yeah, you call us, Lord, at this time to just grow in our faith. And I pray this would be a really practical way of growing as Christians, just confounding the wisdom of this world, um, and just really stepping into who you are in the new.